And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce star as Holmes and Watson on the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes from 1945. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Fred must correctly answer more true or false questions about Suzanne Summers' Three's Company trivia. Lisa Wolf follows our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Fred. Yes, of course, we have Fred on the phone from Wisconsin. Hi. Hi, Fred. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, how are you? We're good, buddy. Good. Good. We're glad you made it on. Were you a fan of uh, Three's Company? Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. So hopefully you'll uh, show Carl who's boss I here. wanted to be Jack Tripper. Did That's you? For, <laughs> I can tell you that, Fred. <laughs> Maybe you still want to. <laughs> <laughs> Back then when I was watching that show, I was like, how did this guy get so lucky? Right. To well, be living with these luck. two <laughs> beautiful <Yeah>. women. <laughs> all right, Fred. You all ready right. to go? Fred, um, it's all yes, true absolutely. or false. And the first question is for you. Three's Company was based on a British sitcom titled For Richer, For Poorer. True or false? I'll say that's true. Yeah, it's true. It's false. It's um, false? It oh. is based on a British sitcom <laughs> that was called Man About the House. Oh, really? I just made up. Are you other... sure? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, all right, we didn't get that <laughs> I guess that I one. just made that we one up. We didn't get that one, Fred. <laughs> no, you got... At least you're in sync, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Carl, Billy Crystal auditioned for the part of Jack Tripper. I, that sounds true. I'll say true. All right, Fred? I'll say it's false. Unfortunately, oh, <laughs> this time, Carl got you on that me. one. That is Here's true. Of course, he lost it to John Ritter. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Can't even imagine it mm. with Billy Crystal, well, but well, I mean, he'd probably I, he be really good. He was on soap at that time. Yes. Or maybe just maybe before around it. then. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, was... he wasn't as big as he yeah. turned out to be later. Right. Uh, Fred, Lonnie Anderson auditioned for Three's Company. I'll say that's true. It sounds true, but I'm going to say false. Oh, it's true. Ah, Uh, There you go. Now we've got a game. Here's for Carl. (laughs) Uh, Carl. Yeah. Suzanne Summers was fired from the show after demanding that her salary be raised. Hmm. That sounds right. I'll say true. Okay. Brad, is he right? I believe I heard that that's true. It is true. Mm -hmm. She wanted the same $150,000 that... uh, 
John Ritter was making, making for and episode. they fired her. Wow. Well, oh, I thought it was that she wanted more. Mm. From what I understand, she wanted to be paid the same, but I mean, I guess there could be some wow. floating stories yeah. around there. But 150k an episode. Yeah. Wow, back Ma- then, right? Ma- yeah, I mean, well, that's a lot of money now. But back then, holy moly, that's yeah. like big dollars. Big dollars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know Fred about and big I are dollars? Tie- we're tied up. All right, now listen. This is an interesting question. Who's Fred, it for? Okay. This is for Fred. Joyce Dewitt's character, Janet Wood, shot a commercial for oil of Olay, and then years later, she became the spokeswoman for that brand in real life. Is that true or false? I think that's false. I, I don't remember that. Okay. I'm going to agree with Fred and say false. All right. Well, it is false. All You're right. both right. But that actually happened, but it was for legs pantyhose. Yeah. So it's kind that, of a, that, I, that I remember that. Yeah, remember. it's kind of a cool thing. Remember those her, pantyhose? They would come in and like a, in the little egg. They were an egg. Yeah. Yes, of course. Every girl had my, one. My, I had those. two sisters, so they had those. Yeah, all we time. all had those. Oh, man, I bet you they sold zillions of those because, because we just thought it was fun to have the egg. Like the egg. Yeah. Yeah, it was just well packed. I am the egg man. <laughs> the egg man. I love <laughs> walrus. I love eggs, right? <laughs> What's that? Elopatry eggs, right? For legs. I believe yeah, 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 right, right, exactly. All right, so we're tied up. This is the final question. Final question, Carl. Yeah, the woman who distracts Jack, leading him to fall off his bike during the opening credits. Do you remember? Yeah, he's riding his bike and falls off. Sure, that woman is Suzanne Summers in a black wig. True or false? I'm going to say false. Fred, I'm going to say false. It's true. It's true. Oh. Don't agree with Carl. Well, we what tied. does he know? We tied, Fred. All right, you did. Fred is awesome. We but tied. you learned something. <laughs> hey, Fred, guess what? I'm hey, gonna... you, you, you guys remember um, her being fired from uh, Ace Hardware commercial for appearing in some magazine? Do you remember that? No, no, I don't remember that. I think it's in Playboy, and then he fired her from doing Ace oh, commercials. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't fire her if she wanted to be in Playboy, I'll tell you that. Well, unfortunately, she passed away yeah. October 15th. Yeah. Hey, Fred, I'm going to send you some fun CDs in the mail, okay, buddy? Okay, thank you. Thanks. I really enjoy your program. Oh, you're the best. Thanks, Thanks for Fred. calling in. Sure appreciate you. When we come back, it's the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we tune in to Sherlock Holmes, time is running out. We have like 30 days left on our Kickstarter campaign to save the radio series Bold Venture, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. And I'll tell you what, Lisa, I have to say, we've got maybe 145 um, pledges so far, and the majority of those pledges have been from our listeners. So, listeners, thank you so much. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, I licensed the entire Frederick Ziv library of classic radio shows, and my goal is to get them uh, transferred to uh, to audio, you know, in a digital format, so we can not only play them on the radio, we can um, send them to the people that pledge for them. You can get all 78 episodes of Bold Venture. That's how many they did. There's about 18 episodes that have been missing for over 70 years, and we have the master discs that are um, from Frederick Ziv's personal library. I licensed not only Bold Venture, but Boston Blackie, Philo Vance, I Was a Communist for the FBI, Favorite Story, many, many, many others. We're starting by trying to save Bold Venture, and we really need your help, and time is running out. Because the way Kickstarter works is you have 60 days to raise the funds, and um, if we don't hit our goal, we cannot make the transfers. And because it's a, it's a pretty expensive um, process to um, transfer the shows. That's why they haven't been transferred in over 70 years. So I licensed over 10,000 radio shows. My hope is to start with Bold Venture, get to a point where you know our listeners can pledge so many. Any amount is uh, helpful. But at certain levels, you can actually get all all 78 Bold Venture radio shows. You can get those digitally or on 39 CDs. So we are, you know, people that are pledging get the shows, and they're going to sound incredible. When I tell you, like, the greatest quality you've ever heard, that's what you'll hear. So uh, how can you help out, help us save Bold Venture and get them all transferred? Well, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. You can go there, and when you do, there'll be a pop-up. Like, as soon as you go to the website, maybe a second or two later, a pop-up that says Save Bold Venture. If you click it, it'll take you right to the Kickstarter website, and then you can pledge any amount you want. There's different levels. You'll get 10 shows or 30 shows or 50 shows or all two or, or all 70, 78 shows. And um, when you do pledge, it does not take your credit card does not run your credit card it will only run the credit card if we get to our goal but please help us we have 145 people right now that have pledged some amount to it and i can't thank you enough for doing that but please go to either our website hollywood360radio.com and click the bold venture pop-up or just google bold venture kickstarter that takes you to the Kickstarter website, Bold Venture Kickstarter. You'll be taken there and, you know, read all of it. There's a lot of information there, and there's also some clips you can hear. Like we we transferred one episode, so you can hear like a three minutes of what the sound is like. There's some videos there. There's the whole story of Frederick Ziv, who was the most prolific producer of radio of anybody. I mean, he was the, he was the most prolific producer. And... I, uh, I'm very honored to have 
literally licensed the entire Frederick Ziv library of 10,000 shows. But there are, <laughs> we have to transfer them, Lisa. Yeah. And that's not, it's not cheap. And that is actually the video that I found most interesting on your Kickstarter site. You can... You gave a little demonstration of what's involved in that transfer. It's a really interesting. If, if nothing else, go and check that out. Yeah. Just search Bold Venture Kickstarter. And Bold Venture was the only radio series that starred Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. We really need to save this series in perfect sound quality. You can get all 78 episodes by pledging. So please pledge at Bold Venture Kickstarter is what you search, or go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, and click the pop-up. Um, yeah, our listeners have been so generous, and we, we need more help, though. We only have 30 days to make it to our funding goal. All right, it's time for Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce. They played Holmes and Watson. This is a September 3, 1945 broadcast called The Limping Ghost. Sponsored by Petri Wines, part one now of the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Petri Wine brings you... Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce in the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine... Invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another of his fascinating stories about his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. You know, we're really happy to be back with you once again, and we're looking forward to getting together at this time every week from here on out. And I hope you won't mind if every once in a while I sort of get a word in edgewise about Petri wines. You know, and I really mean this, Petri wines are wonderful wines. For instance, right now, I wish I could give you a glass of Petri California Port. You could hold that Petri port up to the light and look at its clear, deep red color. You could smell that luscious grape aroma. And best of all, you could taste that Petri port. What a flavor. That Petri port just sort of rolls around on your tongue, and oh boy, is that ever good. Try Petri port after dinner some evening, or try it when some friends drop in. You can serve it proudly, because after all, the name Petri is the proudest name in the history of American wines. And now let's look in on our good friend, Dr. Watson, and see if he's expecting us. Oh, come in. Come in, Mr. Bartow. You're just the man I've been expecting. How are you, Dr. Watson? It's good to see you again. Oh, thank you, my boy. It's very nice to see you again, too. I've missed our Monday night visits during the last three months. Sit yourself down. Uh, would you care to join me in a, in a glass of port? Well, thanks, Doctor. That'd be nice. You know, it seems to me, after our summer vacation, a toast to the great Sherlock Holmes would be in order. That's an excellent idea. Here you are, young fellow, my lad. Thanks. You propose the toast, Doctor. To Sherlock Holmes, master detective and loyal friend, whose adventures have brought considerable, shall we say, fame to a certain retired doctor now living in Northern California. I'll drink to that. Well, now, suppose I might as well get on with tonight's story. Which particular adventure have you selected, Doctor? One that I call the limping ghost. Sounds exciting. And, as usual, you find me saying, how did it begin? In Baker Street on a windy December evening at the turn of the century. A young, white-faced boy sat in front of our blazing fire. And as he told us his strange story, the flickering firelight danced weird patterns on the walls. The young man was Alexander McMorris, the seventh Earl of Loch Nair. 
The Earl of Loch Nair. Say, uh, didn't I read in the papers the other day that the 8th Earl of Loch Nair had been killed in an airplane accident? Quite right, my boy. Even in this day and age, the tragic history of violent death seems to dog the footsteps of the Loch Nair family. But to return to my story. On that December night in 1900, we heard the whole history of the limping ghost of Loch Nair. The first Earl had lost a foot at the Battle of Flodden Field in 1513. In spite of this terrible handicap, he fought on valiantly until he died on the battlefield from loss of blood. From then on, right until the time this story begins, the limping ghost, clad in a suit of armor, always appeared at Loch Nair Castle before and after the death of the current Earl. Yes, Mr. Bartell, it was a strange story that Sherlock Holmes and I listened to that night. A story of death and horror over the centuries, punctuated by the limping clank of ghostly armor. Milady, I have terrible news for you. Your husband, the Earl, was killed in the explosion that destroyed Lord Darnley. Milady. The Guy Fawkes plan to blow up the Houses of Parliament has failed. Your husband is in the Tower of London. They say he's to be hanged, drawn and quartered. Madam, I regret to inform you that your husband, on my instructions, has been arrested for murder. I have no doubt that he will hang. And that's the story of the Loch Nairs, Mr. Holmes. You were instrumental in sending my great-uncle to the gallows, a fate which he richly deserved, I'm told. So it seemed only natural to come here to Baker Street and consult you now that I'm in trouble. I shall be most happy to do anything I can to help you, sir. I don't remember anything about your sending the Earl of Loch Nair to the scaffold, Holmes. Well, he did, Dr. Watson. Oh, really? And the servants have always sworn the ghost really did walk at midnight on the day that he was hanged. Indeed. Now, sir, I suggest that you tell us what problem brought you here. The ghost is walking again, Mr. Holmes. You know what that means. According to the legend, that the present Earl will die. Exactly. And as I'm the present Earl, <laughs> you can see why I'm rather worried. Am I to understand that you've actually seen this ghost yourself? Yes, Mr. Holmes. The night before last, Betty, well, that is, Miss Nolan and I, were sitting in the dining hall in front of the fire when we heard a strange sound up in the musician's gallery. We looked up and in the moonlight saw a ghostly figure in armor limping towards the staircase. Oh, gracious me. Uh, my dear sir... You're certain that you really saw it? Moonlight can play strange tricks, you know. There wasn't any doubt about it, Doctor. We both saw and heard it. What did you do? I started to go towards the stairs, but as I did so, Betty screamed and then tumbled to the floor in a heap. Mm. Fainted, I suppose. Yes. While I was reviving her, the, the ghost disappeared. Who's staying with you at Loch Castle at the moment? Well, there's Betty Nolan. She's the sister of James Nolan. He looks after my estate. Uh, Betty and I are engaged to be married. Oh, congratulations, sir. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Anyone else staying with you? Yes, a distant cousin of mine, Jeremy K. McMorris, an American. He turned up in England a couple of months ago with his son, Walter. They're both with me at the present. A distant cousin. That's right, Mr. Holmes. Actually, they're descendants of a more than usually black sheep branch of the family. I, uh, I don't know how long the old man's going to be with us, though. If you ask me, he's a dying man. Why do you say that, sir? As far as I can gather, he's been wasting away for years. It's only a question of time before his strength fails him entirely. I, uh, 
was hoping perhaps you could take a look at him, Dr. Watson. That is, uh, <coughs> if I could persuade you and Mr. Holmes to come and stay at the castle for a few days. Well, what about it, Holmes? It's an intriguing problem, Watson. The current Earl of Loch would seem to be in danger. A cousin of his is dying of an obscure disease, and the ghost of Loch Castle is walking again. Yes, it's an irresistible invitation. I see no reason why we can't leave on the Scotch Express tonight. <laughs> Quite a heavy fall of snow here in your absence, young man. Quite so. Judging from the color of the sky, there's more to come. Mm, very angry looking. Mm. Oh, now as we round this bend, you'll be able to see the castle. Ah, yes. There you are, gentlemen. Huh. Magnificent. Yes, it's a fine place, all right, Doctor, though it cost me a great deal in upkeep. As a matter of fact, I only have one wing open. It's always been something of a problem to get servants to come and live here. See, the local villagers have a great respect for the Loch Nair ghost, you know. What service do you have at the castle at present? A cook housekeeper, Mrs. McClintock, fine old lady who's been with me for six years now. And then there's old Tamas. He served my family for as long as I can remember. Well, as a matter of fact, there he is now. Hello, Tamas. I'm glad to see you back, my lord, and that's a fact. Oh, thank you, Tamas. Oh. These gentlemen are Mr. Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson. Good day to you, gentlemen. How do you do? Good day, Thomas. Good day. Uh, before I take the trap round to the stables, I may as well break the news to you. Yes, what's happened, Thomas? It's your cousin, my lord. Poor old Mr. McMorris, he's dead. What? Died early this morning. God rest his soul. Death. I'm very sorry that I arrived too late to be of any help. Well, thank you for telling me, Thomas. Oh, you may take the trap round now. Aye, sir. I'll bring the baggage up late. So he's dead. Well, I can't say it's unexpected, but... It is a shock, nevertheless. I'm sure that it must be, particularly as you yourself told us you saw the ghost of Loch Nair the night before last. In which case... In which case, Watson, I think we may reasonably expect another visitation. Perhaps before the night is over. Shall we go in? That's definitely a Hammond organ right there, Lisa. I cannot argue with you, Carl. Right? Don't argue with me, Lisa. No. I mean, I can, but not no, on that don't, point. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> You're not going to win. That's definitely Hammond Oregon. Yeah, I said I can, but not on that point. Yeah, and that's the limping ghost on the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And you know why they called it the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes? Because these were stories based on Conan Doyle stories, but they were new adventures based on those stories. See? Like new uh, adventures. Uh, Got it. Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce starring. We'll get back to it in a flash. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. 
Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Yes, indeed, Elisa. You know... We are on a lot of radio stations, uh, almost 200, and um, that's awesome. Good job. Thanks, Carl. I mean, <laughs> most of them I, you know, put together. But you went and visited added all those stations and I said, I did hey, visit yeah. some of them. Took some, yeah, you did, actually. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, we are on a lot of radio stations across the country. This is a nationally syndicated show. We do it live every Saturday night. Stations, some stations carry us live, which is great. Yeah. Um, but not all of them do. And so, you know, when that happens, not all of our radio stations carry the full five hours, which is kind of a bummer because we're here for five hours doing this show every Saturday night. Me, Lisa, and Mike Bubblebath Costello. And um, we want you to hear the whole show. So if your radio station does not carry the full five hours, just uh, give them a call and say, hey, can you carry more hours? They, they're on the air. Uh, poor Carl and Lisa, they're there. You know, and nobody's listening. In a very cold studio. I was going to say sweating it, is, it out, but it we're not. Cold. It's freezing in the studio. Yeah, it's getting cold out um, here. And we're doing the show, and we want people to hear the full show. But if they don't carry the full show, you might consider getting the podcast. Now, the podcast comes to you free if you're a Classic Radio Club member. So if you are a Classic Radio Club member, ignore the offer I'm about to say. But if you're not a Classic Radio Club member, and you would like to get the podcast sent to you each and every Monday, there's two ways to do that. You can uh, join the podcast uh, subscription for $5.99 a month. That's it. $5.99 a month. That's not bad. No. You get the full five-hour show plus radio rarities emailed to you every Monday. Or you can pay one time, one time, 100 bucks, and we'll not only send you the podcast Every Monday for the life of the show, which is going to be many, many years. We're going to be on the air a long, long time. We'll also send you an official Hollywood 360 coffee mug. And on one side of the coffee mug, it has Hollywood 360 logo. And on the opposite side, it has our Radio Rarities logo. And you know what's really great? A lot of our listeners have sent us have sent us photos of actually drinking out of the mug, using the mug. It's kind of very sweet. I got one today. I want to show you. I haven't oh, showed you yet. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah, it's great. I uh, I I just uh, I love sending these. I go to the post office with like these mugs in. You know, we put them <laughs> boxes. We we have them in these big boxes with bubble bubble um, wrap and all that. But yeah, you can sign up and get. You can get it sent to you every week for the life of the show. One time, you never pay again, $100, and you get our official coffee. Yeah, and don't forget about Radio Rarities because that yeah. is special in and of itself. Comes with it, yeah. Um, and we don't do anything like Radio Rarities on this show, so you yeah. can check that out. It's Absolutely. It's really a really unique um, podcast that we really put a lot of time and effort we into. We tack it right on to the end of Hollywood 360. So if you want to get the Lifetime podcast, if you want to call us tonight, we're mm-hmm. here. We yep. will take your uh, order for the for the for the podcast. That's 815-900-7535-815-900-7535. Happy to take your uh, take your order. Sign you up for the Lifetime podcast. Send you a coffee mug. 
Uh, or you can just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. Very top of the website is you can sign up for the monthly or the lifetime. All right, hope you do that, and uh, then you'll never miss a moment of our show. And the links never expire, so, you know, we send it to you every week, but if you don't get a chance to listen that week, just let it, you know, just uh, keep it in your inbox, and you can listen to us anytime you want. We're listening to Sherlock Holmes, September 3rd, 1945, The Limping Ghost. Here's the conclusion. This is Miss Nolan, my fiancé, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, and Dr. Watson. I'm very glad to meet you. How are you doing, Miss Nolan? And uh, this is her brother, James Nolan, the manager of my estate. How do you do, sir? How are you, Mr. Nolan? Much better for seeing you both up here. I'm sure it won't take you long to lay this ghost business by the heels. Oh, well, I trust you don't overestimate our abilities, Mr. Nolan. Alec, you've, you've heard about your cousin, of course. Oh, yes, my dear. Thomas told us as we drove up. Where's Walter? He went into the village with the doctor and the body of his father. Oh. He should be back soon. How's he taking it? Very quietly. Too quietly, if you ask me. Those Americans are pretty demonstrative people, you know, and Walter's been no exception. But he behaved very strangely this morning. When the doctor told him his father was dead, he just said, now things will start to happen and then shut up like an oyster. I can't make head or tail of the fellow. Uh, yes, quite so, quite so. Uh, Mr. Holmes, I expect you and Dr. Watson would like to go to your room. Yes, I must confess. I think I'd first like I'd like to... to take a look at the um, musician's gallery, if you don't mind. Oh, yes, of course. Would you excuse us, darling? Oh, all right, Alec. It's uh, in the dining hall here. <laughs> they must have been very hospitable people in those days. Fifty or sixty people could eat at that table. <laughs> yes, Doctor. Needless to remark, we hardly ever use the room nowadays. There's the musician's gallery, Mr. Holmes. Oh, yes, yes, I see. How do we get up there? I'll show you. See, there's a stone staircase behind this tapestry here. Follow me. Watch your step. It's quite narrow, rather dark. Watch your head, Watson, old chap. Oh, don't worry about me, Holmes. I'm perfect. Oh, I say. Must have built these stairs for pygmies. Oh, yes. Here we are, gentlemen. This is the musician's gap. By Jove. It must have made a pretty picture in the days gone by. A little string orchestra fiddling away up here and down below the Scottish nobility bobbing and floating round in the intricacies of a Highland chatiche or a stately gavotte or something. Where does that door lead to? To the bedroom wing. And that's where the ghost appeared from the other night, I suppose. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Uh-huh. The door's jar. You generally keep this door unlocked, sir? Why, no. But the key mysteriously disappeared about a week ago. James is having a new one made. So I must remind him about that. Alec! Alec, where are you? Oh, we're up here, Walter. We're coming down. That's Walter McMorris. My dead cousin's son. Well, fellow, this must be a dreadful day for him. Yes, I'm afraid this is going to be a rather painful interview. Oh, hello, Walter. This is Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Sherlock Holmes, sir. I've heard about you and your friend, Dr. Watson. Walter, old man, I'm dreadfully sorry about your father. Are you now? Isn't that nice of you? Well, you'll be sorry enough when you hear that I'm going to take you to court and prove that I'm the real Earl of Lochnair. Oh, Walter, you're out of your mind. Am I? No. Father was out of his because he kept quiet all these years. But I'm going to have my rights. I've looked up the records. I've had genealogists working for months. 
And I've got all the facts that prove you're an imposter. Oh, man, what are you talking about? You know well enough. When Sherlock Holmes here sent your great uncle to the gallows 20 years ago, the title and estate should have come to my father. When I leave here tomorrow, I'm going straight to the finest lawyer in London. Heavens, man, if you believe this, why have you said nothing about it till now? Because I'm smart. I found out a thing or two since I've been staying here. And one of the things I found out is that your precious fiancé and her brother wouldn't look twice at you if it weren't for your money and the title. Shut up. You'll find out. She's a smart little filly, and she knows what kind of a track she's running Why, on. you dirty... My compliments, sir. A very professional uppercut. Yes, and a very well-deserved one. I... Offensive scoundrel. Sorry about this. Uh, please don't say anything in front of Betty. Don't be upset her. I quite understand. Come along, Watson. Let's go and find our rooms. Nearly dinner time. Why are we wandering about here in the dark instead of having a glass of sherry with the others in the library? I'm a conscientious practitioner, Watson. I like to earn my fees. It uh, occurred to me that a further examination of this dining hall might prove profitable. Well, personally, Holmes, I think you're wasting your time on this case. <laughs> what makes you think that, old chap? It's perfectly obvious that young American fellow was impersonating the ghost a few nights ago. He knew his father was going to die and he wanted to build up the legend so as to make his own claim seem more believable. Well, that's very sound reasoning, Watson. Though to be logical in his deception, he should repeat the performance now that his father is dead. Well, ghosts only walk at midnight. So why don't we go and have a glass of sherry? Shh. Hmm? What is it, Holmes? Someone's coming in from the library. The lighted candle. Yes? Who is it? It's me, Mrs. McClintock, the hostess. Oh, gracious me, you, you gave me quite a start. I heard voices and I knew the candles were not alight in here, so I came in to see who it was. You're watching for the ghost, I suppose. Well, you'll no be disappointed, gentlemen, though you may see more than you bargain for. Those that meddle with ghostly things they don't comprehend are playing with something much more dangerous than fire. Fire burns. But the shades on dead people... Holmes, Holmes! Look up there in the gallery. The door's opening. It's the ghost. Aye, here he comes, the poor body. See the armor on him? And the way he's dragging one leg behind him. Yes, it's really quite an effective impersonation. And the twilight provides most appropriate lighting for his play acting, too. You mean it's a young American? Of course, obviously. Ah! Look, look behind him. There's another figure. Yes. Dressed in the same kind of armor and carrying a sword. The game's afoot, Watson. The ghost has seen him. He's turning. The second figure's raising his sword. Look out! Great heavens! He's knocked him through the railings. That must be a 20-foot fall. Come on, old fellow. Help me open his visor. Just a minute. Yes. It's Walter McMorris, the American. Though from the angle of his head, I would suggest that it might be the late Walter McMorris, eh, Watson? He's dead all right, Holmes. Neck broken. Meanwhile, the second figure has been able to slip back through that door and escape us. Come on, he was dressed in armor. He can't go very fast. Perhaps we can overtake him. And now back to tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure and the story of the limping ghost of Loch Nair. Confound it, Holmes. There's no trace of the ghost in the musician's gallery. 
I gave him too much of a start, I'm afraid. <laughs> of course you didn't find him. You'll never find him because he's not mortal. Mrs. McClintock, is the original suit of armor the one worn by the first Earl of Loch Ness still in the castle? Aye, sir. It's in the library through that door there. I'll take you to it. Don't bother, thank you. We'll find it. Come on, Watson. Bring that candle with you. Aren't you home? If you know what's good for you, you'll stop dabbling in matters you didn't really can. Holmes, what do you make of the second girl? Another imposter, obviously. But who could it have been? That's what we have to find out, old chap. Undoubtedly, someone knew that the American Walter McMorris was impersonating the ghost and used this macabre method to kill him. But why kill him? Possibly his claims to the title and estate were valid. Or perhaps some fanatic was so devoted to the Lochner legend that he assumed the role of ghost and killed him for his sacrilege. Hold the candle a little higher, will you, old chap? Here you are. Hello. Here's a suit of armor, Holmes. Lying in a heap on the floor. Oh, on the floor, eh? Whereas it obviously belongs on that stand over there. It's perfectly clear what's happened. The second figure used this armor and slipped it back in here while we were examining the dead man. Possibly, Watson, possibly. At least this armor gives us a definite clue. But it limits the field of possible suspects. How do you mean, Holmes? Well, it's an interesting fact that the human race has grown definitely larger in the past 400 years. Very few modern men can wear authentic ancient armor like this. For example, take the first item on the top of the heap lying on the floor here. These gauntlets of chain mail. Try them on. Well, much too small for exactly. me. Neither you nor I could have worn this suit. No, no, nor could young Nolan, the estate agent. Whereas his sister could have done. Yes, so could Thomas the butler. He's a small fellow. And if it comes to that, Watson, our distinguished client, the young Earl of Lochner, is himself a small man. Right, Joe, so he is. And he might easily have had a motive. Young McMorris had disputed his right to the title earlier in the day. But we mustn't jump to conclusions. Nevertheless, you see what valuable evidence this armor has become. Hello, hello. It sounds as if the rest of the party are on the scene. Yes, I suggest that we join them without making any reference to this suit of armor. Remember, old chap, one of them in there is a murderer. And we may have to set a trap to catch him. Uh, are you sure he's dead, Dr. Watson? There's no doubt about it. His neck was broken instantly by the fall. <clears throat> it's dreadful. Father and son both dying on the same day. And you say the real ghost came up behind him, Mr. Holmes, and struck him so they crashed through the railing up there. I said another figure dressed in armor and killed him, Mr. Nolan. It was a real ghost. I saw him with my own two eyes. He killed that man for trying to bring shame on the name of Loch Nair. Shouldn't we get in touch with the police? How can I get a message to them tonight? Have you looked outside? We're almost completely snowed in. Snowed in? Oh, Alec, I'm frightened. Now, hush, darling. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. No, at least we have the assurance that the ghost will not limp again. Why? Well, the murderer has no further motive for impersonating the ghost. To walk now would be to support the dead American's claims. No. We shall spend a quiet night, and tomorrow I shall communicate with the proper authorities as to my quite definite notions regarding the murderer's identity. Uh, but if the ghost should walk again, Mr. Hurd... Well, then, sir, I shall know that at last I've encountered a truly supernatural crime and shall retire from the practice of, um, of detection. <laughs> It's nearly two o'clock. Are you still over there by the window, puffing away that pipe of yours? Oh, you know, I can't help being that young McMorris knows a great deal more than he told us. A great deal more. There's a shifty look about him I don't like. Never did trust a fellow who could look you squarely in the eyes. 
Don't you feel the same way, Holmes? Holmes. Holmes, where are you? Holmes! Shh, right, Watson. Where have you been? I thought you were over there by the window. I've uh, been talking to myself. Never mind that, old chap. Get your slippers on and your dressing gown. We're on the last lap of this strange, eventful tragedy. Oh, thank the Lord for that. Perhaps I can get some sleep. Holmes, where have you been? I went to the musician's gallery and baited the trap. Now it's ready to spring. Don't dawdle, Watson. Come I'm on, come on. I'm not dawdling. I'm not dawdling. What do you mean, you, you baited a trap? You'll see for yourself in a few moments. As a matter of fact, I really baited it when I said downstairs that if the real ghost should walk again, I would retire from the practice of detection. I didn't understand your saying that myself. Well, I was tempting the murderer to show his hand once more. Come on, come on, please. Where are we going? To wait behind the curtain at the foot of the stairs leading to the musician's gallery. And I hope we don't have to wait very long. Holmes. I'm getting a crick in my neck trying to peer through this wretched curtain. How much longer do we have to wait? Until our murderer arrives. Are you, are you certain he'll come? Not certain, but hopeful. Extremely hopeful. You know who it is, don't you? Yes. But my proof is too thin for a court of law. I must catch him in the act. Here he comes. Splendid. Let's go up and grab him. No, 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 no. They walk into my trap. He's coming towards the head of the stairs. Oh! Great start! Exactly. A simple piece of wire stretched across the gallery is remarkably effective, even with ghosts. Come on, Watson. Help me off with this visor. There we are. Good oh. Lord, it's... Oh. It's James Nolan. Exactly. Well, what's happened? You walked into a simple trap, my friend. I'm afraid the next trap will be more lethal. Or it will undoubtedly prove to be the one beneath the gallows. Well, now that we're headed back for London, Holmes, perhaps you'll settle one or two points in the case that are bothering me quite a bit. Oh, with pleasure, my dear chap. What are they? I still don't see what Nolan's motive was in murdering the American. Oh, that should be obvious. He wanted to ensure that his sister's fiancée would enjoy undisputed title to the name and estates. Well, how did you know it was Nolan? When I examined the authentic suit of armor, you see, it was um, obvious it had never been worn. But I still don't quite oh, understand... Oh, come now, old chap. The suit of armor was in a heap on the floor. Yeah? And if it had been hastily discarded and get... Um, well, the gauntlets were on top of the pile, you remember? Well, that's right, they were. If the suit had really been worn, the gauntlets would have been the first things to have been taken off, and so would have been um, underneath the pile. Hmm? Obviously, therefore, the armor had been disarranged in order to make people believe the real ghost had walked. After the American's death, the suspects were four. Miss Nolan, her brother, Thomas, the butler, and... Earl himself. Well, I ruled out Mrs. McClintock because you remember she was standing behind us at the time of the murder. Well, I'm beginning to understand. All the suspects except Nolan were small enough to have worn the armor. That's right. Therefore, only he could have pretended to use it. Pretended? But he, he did use it. Oh, no, my dear fellow. Undoubtedly, he procured a similar one of modern manufacture. An amazing case, Holmes. An interesting one at any rate. And once again, old fellow, I'm possibly reminded of an old Scottish litany. Scottish litany? Which one's that? Oh, you remember it. From ghoulies and ghosties and long-legged beasties and things that go bump in the night. Good Lord, deliver us. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Doctor, that was really a swell story. You know, for a while there, I was beginning to believe in ghosts. Well, I'm ashamed to admit it, but at the time, so was I. <laughs> you know, this sounds silly, but I bet it would be fun to be one of those legendary English ghosts. You know, go around sticking your nose into everybody's business and playing practical jokes like mad and nobody able to figure out who did it. That would really be fun in a way. Well, you can go around scaring people all you want to, but not for me. I think a ghost leads a terrible life myself. For instance, a ghost can't have the pleasure of eating a nice, juicy steak. Yeah, or drinking a glass of really good wine. Ah, now you're talking, young fellow, my lad. Petri wine. They're still talking, young fellow. You see, when I say good wine, I always mean Petri wine because you can depend on Petri. I know, I know. Why, the Petri family has been making wine for generations. Handing on down from father to son, from father to son, all their skill and knowledge and experience. When you realize they started the Petri business way back in the 1800s, well, common sense tells you the Petri family knows practically all there is to know about the fine art of turning luscious grapes into clear, fragrant wine. Yep, whether you're looking for a swell wine to serve before dinner or with dinner or after dinner, for any occasion, you just can't go wrong with a Petri wine because Petri took time to bring you good wine. And now, Doctor, what story are you going to tell us next week? Well, now, next week, Mr. Bartell, I'm going to tell you a strange adventure that Holmes and I had in the English countryside. It concerns the apparent madness of a certain Colonel Warburton and the puzzling mystery of two dead dogs. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure is written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and is based on an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Crooked Man. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, where they are now starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petri family. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Yeah, they used to do this show in front of a live studio audience, Lisa. It must have been cool going into the studio, and sure. there's Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce front of the microphones and you're sitting in the audience you see the sound effects and you know yeah, the organist the and all. yeah sure. it's so cool the new adventures of sherlock holmes september 3rd 1945 the limping ghost with basil rathbone nigel bruce is heard on mutual time for this month in music history that's right we're celebrating halloween tonight with this song Werewolves of London. That's that's uh, um, Warren Zebon or something. Zebon. Yeah, that's right. Holy! Wow, you've been doing your homework. Nineteen seventy-eight. Wow. Can you you howl like that? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) All right, thanks, Lisa. One (laughs) more of Hollywood three sixty after this. Woo! Short break. You hear him howling around your kitchen door. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, you won't want to miss the suspense episode we have in the next hour. It is the most terrifying episode of suspense ever broadcast in the 22 years it was on the air. I'm going to tell you that right now. We also need a caller, right? That's right. And luckily, I won't miss it. I'll be right here. But we need a caller for Name That Tune. My daughter got married last weekend, so this week is Popular Wedding Song. Uh-huh. Popular wedding song. So give us a call. 312-642-5600. Caller number seven. I'm going to do terrible at this. No, thing. you know all of these songs. 312-642-5600. Give us a call. We'll see you soon. Where's your romantic side, Carl? Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.